from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Measured Thoughts on Business Radio. Powered by the Wharton School. Here's your host, David Reepstein. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Measure Thoughts with Dave Reepstein on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Dave Reepstein, and I'm joining you here on SiriusXM Channel 111, which we do every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. We are replayed throughout the week, and today in the studio, I am joined here by Sunil Betty. Sunil, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you? I'm doing great. Did you have a good weekend? I had a great weekend. There was a lot of great basketball on. I don't know if you caught any. I caught some of what else did you do this weekend? And then I, we'll come back and talk about the basketball. I went to, uh, you might be referring to, I went to, uh, uh, to a T-Pain concert. Oh, actually, that's not what I was referring to because I was referring to the pain that I went through, uh, but the pleasure I went through of teaching. So I, I teach a class that goes all day Friday and all day Saturday, well into the evening on both of those. It's a very long class. And Sunil TA'd for me. And we have 140 students in there, 140 MBAs, and working away. And it's um, it's part of being a student here at the Wharton School. It's a lot of fun. I think the students really enjoy that class. They learn a lot. Yeah, I it, have a good time. It's a, it, Well, it's easier having a good time when we're on this side That's you true. Know, uh, That's of true. it. but. It's actually really, really good, and uh, I have a long waiting list for that class, and people think, well, students don't want to be working all weekend and everything, but they they line up to take that class. So that's uh, that's really, really good. But in the midst of all that, there was March Madness. There was. March Madness, pretty exci- uh, exciting. And, uh, you know, you and I talked a lot about it. I don't even know who you're pulling for. Well, I'm originally from Tampa, Florida, yeah, so right? I kind of would, was pulling for the Gators, but, you know, I think that that obviously didn't play out yesterday. So uh, Florida State made it through it. Florida State is there. That and is so are, are you? No. You see, there's a big rivalry between being a Gator and being a Seminole. Right. So I'm, I, I'm from Kansas. I went to the University of Kansas. I was pulling for the University of Kansas. But then last night, Kansas State was playing. That was a close game. Oh, uh, that was way too close. And uh, and so it's pretty pretty tough, but it's March Madness, very exciting and interesting for all the marketers that are going on during that time. I always think that Capital One ads are really interesting. Can you even remember the Capital One ads, Sunil? Not from this March Madness, absolutely not. Well, they they've got uh, Charles Barkley. I'll give you a hint. Oh, that's oh, yeah. right. They're singing a song, and he gets the Charles Barkley. Spike Lee is one of them. No, no. oh my gosh, don't you don't know. you don't remember any of this, and and so you know, what's interesting is I think most people remember the ads but don't know. It's a question of whether or not they're more likely to uh, to start using Capital One. If I hadn't mentioned Capital One, in fact, by my mentioning Capital One, didn't ring any bells per <laughs> se. Uh, but but interesting for us. But we've got a show to do, so yes, let's get on with the show. So we have joining us today, uh, Ray. Elias and uh, Elias. I, I knew I had to get that right. Who's the chief marketing officer of Hotel Tonight? And so we'll be talking with him in the first half of the program. The second half of the program, we're going to be taking any questions that you might have on marketing, branding, measurement, anything that you want to give us a call about. So during the program, and even while we have Ray with us, you can uh, give us a call at 1-844-WARDEN. That's 1-844-942-7866. You can email us at businessradio at SiriusXM.com. 
You can follow us on Twitter at BizRadio111. But without further ado, Ray, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to have you with us. The interesting business that you've got, you're, uh, you happen to be the chief marketing officer of Hotels Tonight, and I thought it'd be interesting for us first to hear a little bit about your background and then how you came beca- how you became the chief marketing officer of Hotels Tonight. Yeah, um, well, I've got about 20-plus uh, years of e-commerce and marketplace experience. I was one of the guys who started in the 90s. Uh, so kind of sort of followed the gold rush out to the valley. Um, and many of the things that we take for granted today in marketing were sort of revolutionary concepts back then, like the Internet. <laughs> like uh, the Internet. Yeah. We, we do sort of uh, take that for granted now. <laughs> exactly. Well, we spent a lot of money back then just trying to convince people to buy stuff on the Internet. Um, so anyway, uh, some of my notable successes. Are so by by t-shirts. by the way, I I together with a couple of my students, we started uh, bizrate. dot com, and so and uh, that became very very big and and part of what we were doing right at that same time. So I understand the pain, but we ended up uh, surviving all of that and doing quite well. What what well, kind of what kind of business were you doing with your e commerce at that time? Well, I was going to say I, I remember Bizrate because I was at Insurance at that time. So we oh were yeah, little, little auto insurance startup back then. Awesome. Okay, that's great. So, so, yeah, so then, how'd you how'd you go from that e-commerce experience to doing what you're doing now? Well, so I I worked at insurance for a number of years, and then I worked at StubHub, uh, which was also a little startup back in the ticketing space. From, and, and from some now, from some Wharton student that had started that. Yes, Jeff Fleur. Yes, exactly. Uh, so we did that for about eleven years. Uh, we were acquired by eBay, and uh, during my tenure there, I became CMO at StubHub, which was uh, just a really phenomenal experience and uh, a fortunate opportunity for me. And it just so happened that one of my colleagues uh, at StubHub uh, left eventually to come to Hotel Tonight to be the CFO. Um, And it was a company that I was familiar with. I was using it as a customer. Um, And uh, when my friend Tony pinged me, I was uh, ready for a new challenge because I like building new businesses. And we had had quite a run at StubHub. So I came over and I met Sam and uh, really fell in love with the opportunity. I love the uh, the mobile-only approach. I love travel. I love the category. What what a better follow-up to uh, live entertainment and ticketing. And I love the David and Goliath challenge. Um, the other businesses that I've been a part of were, I would call, more trailblazer businesses. And this was a company entering an already very, very cluttered competitive category and bringing a new dimension to it and looking to disrupt some 8,000 pound gorillas, and there are many of them. Did, um, did you start so, as a CFO? Is that with them? Because I heard you say, you know, your friend was the CFO. He, yes, he left StubHub. Uh, oh. He was a senior guy in finance to become the CFO of Hotel Tonight. Okay, so and he, so you uh, went with him and became the CMO. Yeah, yeah, we had a great working relationship, and like I said, I was ready for a new challenge. So, Okay, so uh, tell us what, what Hotel Tonight is. Well, in short, we are a uh, we are a mobile booking app, um, and so we leverage our mobile um, to create a marketplace. And, uh, and initially, when Sam founded the company, it was about same day distress, last minute inventory. But we've really evolved over the years, um, and so unlike the traditional OTA model, uh, we don't contractually obligate hotels uh, to put inventory on 
Hotel Tonight. They use Hotel Tonight to drive a differentiated customer to sell uh, unsold inventory. Um, and, and so, you know, that's just grown over time. Um, and, you know, we, we sort of attract, uh, a, I would say, a newer, uh, fresher, younger audience. So you, um, you, use, the the, you use the expression distressed inventory. So just for our audience, so they don't think that these are hotels in distress. I, I know what you mean, but why don't you tell us what, what you mean by distressed inventory? Yeah, well, so bottom line is about 60% of hotel rooms are sold, which leaves a, a large uh, amount of inventory that goes unsold at the last minute. Um, and so hotels are, are looking for ways to sell that inventory, and uh, Hotel Tonight has become a, uh, a, a primary way of doing that. So what, what hotels do is use our mobile platform to target customers with great rates and uh, often the best rates you can find. Um, because of the last-minute nature of that inventory. And is that not still what you're doing? Because you said we used to do distressed inventory, but we've changed. But aren't you still dealing with that inventory that just hasn't sold, and you're giving those hotels an opportunity to discount it to fill up that space? Yeah, so I should take a quick step back. The way the hotel industry works, it's very different from, say, the airline industry, and people often bundle these things the airline industry, the closer you, go, you get to uh, your flight, the more expensive um, airline prices get. With respect to hotels, the closer you get to your stay date, the cheaper hotel rates get. Um, and so a lot of people don't realize that. Um, and so we are still a leader in last minute, but we've expanded our booking window because what we've found over time is that a lot of people will book same day, but a lot more people – uh, would enjoy the experience if we expanded to a week out, which was uh, sort of an interim expansion we did. And then more recently, we've expanded to a 100-day booking window. Oh, wow. And there are reasons for that. But we still uh, promote that last-minute window because it is by far the best value that a, a booker could get. So if I book with you tonight, 100 days out, um, can I rebook with you uh, within the week if it turns out that there are still rooms available? Not yet, which is not to say that we won't get there. Okay. Um, you know, for people that absolutely must book in advance because either there's a very specific place that they have in mind or they're just planners, um, we want to offer that because we had a lot of customers asking us to do that. Um, I think the better use for it is the ability to just watch hotels um, because before, you know, you wouldn't see a hotel or the inventory until the booking window was open for that hotel. And what this really enables bookers to do now is look at hotels and look over a period of time and watch those prices. So the reason that uh, the airline industry ends up having that um, the prices going up is they have this thing called revenue management, and and it really is based on what the demand is that you will see that you know we've got fewer and fewer available seats, and the hence the prices are going up because it looks like we're going to sell out. Um, hotels not using revenue management. Hotels have revenue management, but I think airlines have more scarcity. Yeah, so I th- there are so many flights going to so many destinations, and for especially major markets, there it's very competitive in the hotel space. There are a lot of different places you could stay. Right now, uh, let me remind our audience: you're listening to Measured Thoughts with Dave Reepstein on Sirius XM One Eleven Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. You can give us a call at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six, and we are speaking with Ray Elias 
who happens to be the chief marketing officer of Hotel Tonight. Um, Ray, Hotel Tonight sounds like it's similar to what maybe Priceline was when it started out, but a difference is that Priceline wouldn't tell you the name of the hotels. Um, you do identify the name of the hotels. You could pick the hotel that you want and uh, and operate that way. Is that is that right? And are you somewhat comparable to what Priceline was doing? Uh, I think we're very different, actually. So I think the the Priceline is what we would call opaque. So that's where you uh, you know you, you have a price in mind, you plug that in, and you you sort of get what you get, um, which is has been very successful in its own right. Hotel Tonight is really table tailored for the mobile user. Um, and so our in our experience, not only do we show you the hotel, but we show you beautiful mobile-optimized pictures of the hotel. We have a perspective and a point of view on why that hotel is a great hotel. Um, and we curate the list. So um, I think, you know, Priceline's opaque, but there are other OTAs that show you 6,000 options and five filters, um, which can be overwhelming, particularly on a phone. Um, so we really we curate a feed of 15 options, and the, there's an algorithm that drives that. In addition to you know the hotel tonight point of view on these hotels, which largely has to do with the quality of the hotel and user reviews. So we only show you the best. Um, I guess I'm curious what percent of hotels in the city do you actually have? So I'm thinking about I'm going up to Boston soon. Um, I have a couple hotels in mind that I'm thinking about for uh, for Boston. And uh, can I trust that I'll be able to find the hotel I'm, I'm thinking about when I go up there? Yeah. I mean, the vast majority of hotels use Hotel Tonight at some point in time. Um, we really specialize in what I would call boutique hotels. So there are large brand chain hotels, which offer sort of a, uh, a, a homogenous or very similar experience no matter what market you go to. Um, our users really love Hotel Tonight because of the uniqueness of the various properties um, and we've categorized those as well. So you could anything from what we would call a luxe property, which is a higher end, to a hip, uh, to a standard or basic. But yeah, there's no question that if you were going to Boston, there are a few exceptions in any given calendar year where a market is what we call compressed, and that means that a lot of the hotel inventory is largely sold out. And those are those tend to be uh, extraordinary events like the Salesforce conference in San Francisco right, or you right. know the Super Bowl, things like that. But by and large. You should have no problem finding a hotel. So I was just thinking about March Madness that we talked about at the beginning of the program, and I could see people say, oh, my team just made it to the Sweet 16. Actually, I've got two teams of mine that made it to the Sweet 16. And um, and think, oh, I want to go to where those games are going to be, and I hadn't had a chance to plan it. Now's my chance to jump on it. But are those hotels going to be fully booked up because everybody's rushing to uh, the, the that round? No, probably not. In fact, because of that, the last-minute nature of that, you'll probably see a lot. You'll see a frenzy. And, in fact, some of our marketing and our PR is uh, playing into that right now because we think we're a great solution for people who are at the last minute trying to figure out where they're going to go to follow their team. And good for you because I went to the University of Texas and we're out. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I was at Purdue and at at, uh, at Kansas, and <clears throat> I don't mean to rub it in, but we're in. <laughs> we're, we're in, and so that that feels pretty good. Now, I know that there was a comparable app uh, for restaurants, and there have been several that have sort of been like that, where restaurants that have empty tables, those tables you could call are distressed. They're going to go unserved. And do you offer that type uh, – uh, do you envision sort of going there 
And have you been paying close attention to what happened to those uh, those restaurant apps? Uh, I mean, we've seen a number of things like that. At this point, we think that the best approach for us is to stay really focused on our core business, which is hotels. Um, so I don't think we have any plans to expand into other categories, for example. But, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of partnerships and things like that with, with complementary options. You know, you, you mentioned that uh, you're very different than the airline industry. And since you've been in this, uh, in this space for more than 20 years, uh, at least e-commerce for more than 20 years, um, I remember the day when airlines used to have standby. And it was always those tickets that hadn't sold, and they're going to offer a uh, a standby fare, and um, and they ended up dropping that. Uh, first of all, do you remember that? I do. Yeah, I thought they still did that. Uh, they really tried to get away from that because lots of people would just hold off and wait and book un- until the last minute. In fact, even worse was people would book fly, uh, uh, book a reservation. And then they would cancel it, and this was before there were cancellation fees. And then they'd say, "Oh, look, there's excess capacity now available." And so, it, it what it ended up doing is it ended up training consumers to wait to the last minute. And I guess I raise this in the uh, with the notion of uh, are the hotels concerned about perhaps training consumers to wait to the last minute and then get a lower rate room rate. You know, I th- it's 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 a complex question, and here's why: uh, there are a lot of hotels, there's a lot of inventory. You know, in our marketing and our messaging, we don't go out and specifically tell bookers that they should wait. Um, I think we're driving a lot of incremental business. Uh, a lot of the traditional OTAs have built their brands on the backs of the hotel brands. Um, there are, you know, we could get into all, a lot of the marketing tactics and things where you're bidding on hotels keywords and things like that. We, we don't do any of those things. Um, I think we're driving a differentiated and an incremental booker, and this is something that we're proving out in our data all the time, and I think hotels really appreciate that. Uh, our marketing and our messaging tends to lean into the day-to-day use cases. What we see in our data is that 50%, 60% of people are actually booking on Hotel Tonight within their own city, um, and these are people who are – uh, out and about, they're at live events. You know, they're uh, they're on date night. They're skipping the commute. They're doing business travel, um, and these are things that are different use cases than, you know, the summer two week vacation. And that's really not the market that we're competing in. You can certainly use hotel tonight for that, but I, I think of us as leaning into to day to day and bringing a mobile solution to it, like uh, you know, so like the the taxi hailing apps have done, for example. Okay. So that's you surprised me with that, uh, thinking about booking in your own city. Yeah, Ray, I was wanting to um, follow up with you on that and kind of ask why do you think people are booking uh, in their own cities? And, and as a corollary on top of that, I wonder the fact that you guys are a mobile app. Do you, do you think about you know, geo-marketing? Do you think about providing you know, a discounted, further discounted room when you're in that city Knowing that those people are more likely to book last minute than someone, you know, who's in Philadelphia looking to book in San Francisco. How do you think about geolocation as well? I'm glad you brought that up, and for the audience, this is not scripted. Um, we <laughs> have a thing called geo rates, and hotels love geo rates uh, as well as bookers. Um, and what that is is that is a specific geo target. Um, when a hotel uh, knows that a booker is nearby, 
um, they will offer an extra discount, um, and that is literally on the app called a geo rate, um, and that is it's it's one of our most popular things. In fact, I think hotels see over a hundred percent lift when they use geo rates. So that's something that our, especially our loyal bookers, are accustomed to seeing. Well, well, you two have totally confused me with this because I'm looking at it, and I, I get the pizza place that's saying, you know, you know, I'm I'm going to do this geo marketing because somebody's nearby and I'm selling pizza, and they could walk in and grab a pizza. I'm walking by a hotel and they see me and they say, "Hey, you want a room tonight?" And I'm thinking, I don't have my toothbrush, I don't have a change of underwear, I don't, you know, you, you need to bring stuff if you're going to spend the night. Um, maybe. I mean, that sort of depends on uh, <laughs> what you're doing. Yeah, well, I, 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 I get the point, I guess. Okay. So, so that's sort of. Uh, is, I don't think it works quite like the pizza analogy, where it's it's that serendipitous. But you know, there are certainly people out who are looking for a place to stay, and they're looking within 24, 48 hours, and that is one of the things that hotels do on our app to make them more competitive and more attractive. Okay. So one of the things that you both bring up, then, is thinking about this being in its in its mobile form. Um, Why did you just make the decision, if you want this to be a mobile app rather than something that you could do, you know, sitting at your computer? Well, you know, again, uh, our founder, Sam Shank, saw an opportunity, not only with sort of the last-minute inventory, but the fact that uh, mobile, you know, and it, it's become sort of a thing that everybody does now, but six, seven years ago, it was pretty new. Um, and so, you know, wh- when it comes to differentiating Hotel Tonight from, you know, what people have traditionally used, um, this is one of the things that people are moving to. So I was joking earlier about spending a lot of money uh, in the early days of Internet marketing, just trying to convince people to use the Internet. In this day and age, so many people are using their mobile devices for all kinds of things, including and especially purchasing, um, that I think at this point it's becoming the new norm. So, you know, what what we're doing is is really forging ahead in um, leading with an experience and a focus that is conducive to where the world's actually going. So how is it? How does this affect your marketing? That the fact that you are only uh, in an app form, uh, and and by the way, I'm sitting here at a computer and I went in and it said, you know, download our app. It didn't. It, it was really driving me to do that. How is it that that your marketing is different because uh, you're on a mobile app? Well, it's very different because you know we don't do a lot of the marketing. Um, that you might traditionally do to a desktop. There are marketing channels that overlap, um, but uh, we have to specialize in all of those traditional internet marketing channels that are now moving to mobile. Um, sort of like we were born into mobile, we're also born into social. Um, and so we spend a tremendous amount of our time and money and resources focused on social marketing, um, where people are browsing around and looking to be inspired and looking for stories and narratives. Um, and, and so we do a lot of that. Uh, but, you know, bottom line is we, we invest in a portfolio of marketing channels. Um, there are a lot of those channels that are directly measurable, and more and more of those are moving to mobile. Um, we're also doing a lot of offline. This is a category where there are many players, and brand awareness amongst those players is ubiquitous after, in some cases, decades of marketing. So for us, it's really finding a smart mix. Um, and I'm also competing against, you know, deep war chess. These are some of the biggest companies in the world. Um, and so for us, it's not about trying to outspend or, you know, go toe-to-toe with some of these guys. It's about being more clever and innovative and finding things that are really unique about Hotel Tonight and finding that unique audience that really appreciates what we have to offer. 
So talk to me about it. What is it that's uh, really unique, and, and what is it that you're doing to really get past you know, what the Giants are doing? Well, so, you know, we've got a lot of uh, directly measurable mobile channels. Um, we've got great targeting. So one of the things that I've really enjoyed at, at Hotel Tonight so far is this sort of unwavering focus on mobile. It's also an uncluttered focus. When you're trying to manage across platforms like desktop and mobile, things become very skewed and, and uh, noisy and difficult to measure. Um, when you've got mobile, I mean, we can literally see where our customers are in relation to our marketing, even offline, and plot our media and our measurement uh, with a next level of precision that I've never seen before. So, um, so that's been a tremendous amount of fun. So could you elaborate on that? So um, what is it you're really looking at that really allows you to pinpoint what the impact is of that marketing spend? Well, because you've, you've got a device ID, right? So none of this should sound creepy because we're not looking in on um, what people are doing in a creepy way. We can just see, we can see where somebody is. We can um, see when they've installed. We can see what they're searching for. This is all anonymous data. We're talking about clusters of people, not sure. individuals. Um, but, you know, and, and then, you know, I can look at a heat map in New York, for example, and I can see where I've placed my media and where that is in relation to various customer segments and literally plot and measure that way. Um, it's very cool. It's in a, in a way that, you know, I, I could do just on an Internet-based business. How, how micro do you get with that? Do you, you see a heat map? you see a concentration of a bunch of people that have downloaded your app? Can you go to them as an individual or go to them in a zip code or, or, or city block or at what, at what level? Uh, city block level. I mean, I can see, for example, if I've, done an, if I've placed an out-of-home ad, I can see the clusters of people that are in or and around that ad within a given radius. Um, and then, you know, we wrap insights into that. So looking at our transactional data and those heat maps, we can see what people are doing, but you still have to ask questions and do things with surveys, et cetera to understand the context, so you've got to ask why. But that once we can take that 360 view of the customer and see that segmentation and see the insights and then see the locations, see where they're booking, um, that's a tremendous amount of great data for us as marketers to, uh, to turn around and you know, optimize and do it again and, and acquire a lot more people that look just like that, so, as well as, uh, as do things to drive loyalty. So you find you, you run a particular promotion or an ad, you see what it is that works with what types of people, and then you go to other people very similar to that. Yes. And, uh, and then you also mentioned social, and I want to know what it is that you do with social. Well, I mean, so there's a couple advantages that we have there. Um, we have a great brand. We have a great tone as a brand. Um, and so we very much, like I said, talk to people um, about day-to-day -day use cases. We have this sort of cheeky tone, and we use social to tell stories. Um, social is a great place to inspire people with narratives. It's also a great place to promote our hotel partners. Um, and so we're not always just promoting lowest rate, but you know, we, we really market to what I would call a hotel geek. One of the things that we know about our customers is that they really value the art of hospitality. The hotel is a part of the experience. It's not just a place to go to sleep. And so how we promote those hotels and bring these experiences to life and, and bring the people to life and the stories around them through social is a really important part of our marketing mix. And I think we're the type of brand where 
we can do that in a very authentic way, and people want to see and hear and read about that, unlike some of the other competitors that we have in this space, which are, I would argue, more sort of utilitarian. Yeah, and that sounds very compelling. Let me remind our, our audience that you're listening to Measured Thoughts with Dave Reepstein on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. We are currently speaking with Ray Elias, Elias, excuse me, I, I, I need to practice that. You can give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. And you can also follow us on Twitter at bizbizradio111. So what I found intriguing about that uh, last thing you were just talking about is that you can you, you really get to sort of see what it is and, and where it is that people respond. What's the social media avenue that you end up using the most? And I want to know how you track what what's its, its impact is. Well, we tend to have a big Instagram following. Um, it that makes sense. Works very well. I'm sorry? I said that makes sense. Very visual. Very visual, beautiful imagery. People love to see the things that we're posting uh, in regard to that and the stories around it. It works very, very well for us. Um, You know, we we make funny statements on Twitter at times, um, but there's a lot, there's a tremendous amount of Instagram, I would say, is is one of our preferred places uh, and, and where we've got the biggest following. And how do you how, how do you track whether or not that's working for you? Well, I mean, we sort of use a two pronged approach there. We've got you know what I would call the organic social side, where we're driving engagement, and we have ways to measure that engagement, which is not just number of followers that we have, but how much people are interacting with what we're posting and sharing. Um, and then we've got the paid side, which is at the end of the day there to drive bookings. And so there we do a lot of what I would call lookalike targeting. Um, we do a lot of retargeting, so we've got all that rich mobile data that I talked about. All, all those people are on Instagram, and we're able to see them, and we're able to you know, promote, I think, timely and relevant content to them. So the analytics that you're using today, is that very different than uh, when the business first started? Uh, yeah, because I think, you know, look, in our case, marketing is something that is really developed over the last few years. I think when the business first started, it was much more word of mouth. And there was a lot of focus and emphasis on product and building a great mobile experience. And we've really, I think, kicked the marketing into a new gear uh, in, the, in the recent last couple of years. So I wasn't with the company back then, but based on what I've had to build, yeah, it's different. So I suspect your, uh, your marketing spend is getting a lot more effective than it ever was. I, I like to think so. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think that sounds great. We have a call for you. And so uh, we have Mike on the line calling in from Boulder, Colorado. So, Mike, welcome. How can we help you? Hey, how's it going? Um, Just calling in. I'm familiar with some businesses that started out mobile first, and they had one revenue model that they maybe initially thought of, uh, such as you're doing with generating hotel revenue and sales, and pivoted when they found out that geolocation data is lucrative, and there's an entire market for... Uh, vendors and data suppliers and whether or not your business chooses to go down that direction, what's your take on both the security implications to collecting geolocation and could definitely point out some examples there as well as kind of the more ethical and privacy related and corporate social responsibility side of doing that type of data collection on users. Uh, I'm going to give you 
my own personal opinion of that. I believe it. I believe this is Hotel Tonight's perspective as well. We're very protective of our data. We're here to try and create a marketplace that's vibrant with bookers and hotels uh, and sell a lot of hotel rooms. Um, we don't have any plans to use data to sell to other companies or do anything else. And I, I personally don't think that that's ethically a great approach. Um, I think there are a lot of other ways in which marketers should use data to continue to create a world-class user experience. And I think that's where our focus is. And Ray, I think that's a great answer on that uh, because I, I think there's lots of people that are concerned about how their data are being used. And it's really critical that you protect that data very carefully. And, Agreed. And, and so I think it's great that, that you have that position, and I'm sure that's the position of Hotel Tonight. So, Mike, I hope that was useful for you, and thank you very much for, uh, for giving us a call. Um, I, I think the last question that I really have for you is trying to think about your business model. And I heard you say promoting some of the particular hotels. Is that the primary source of your revenue, or is it just uh, taking a, a small cut from the hotels every time you book somebody? It's the latter. So we have a margin every time somebody books with Hotel Tonight. Um, we don't. Hotels do not pay to promote themselves on our app. Um, when we do things like highlighting specific hotels, it's because they have really great features or amenities um, that sort of speak to the collection on Hotel Tonight. Um, and so we'll work with those hotels. You know, they'll load rooms, they'll use targeting features and discounts and things at the same time that we're doing a promotion just to create a richer experience, but it's not it's not pay for placement. Okay, and so you don't uh, feature one hotel over another? Uh, well, from time to time we do. So in our email or our social feeds we will. Like if there's a, you know, so we're getting into spring and summer season. There are some great hotels with, you know, amazing roof decks or pools or bars and things like that. And so we'll do series, various series on you know, roof deck pools or things like that. And so, yeah, we'll work with some of our partners to highlight some of those amenities and just create inspiration for people. That's okay. the extent of it. Okay, and my second last question, which is you have a rewards program. So yes. um, what's that rewards program, and how's that working for you? So it's called HT Perks, and the idea is that it is not your grandparents' loyalty program. Um, so the idea is that it's inspired by mobile gaming, um, and what it is is it's sort of like geo rates. It's a it's another target for hotels. Only instead of location, hotels know that these are more frequent bookers on Hotel Tonight or higher value bookers, and so they offer a deeper discount. You can level up infinitely, and each time you level up, there's a new discount. You get coupons. There are other special engagements and special access and things that we'll be adding to it over time. You never go backwards, so your level never expires. Um, and so it's just fun. Every time you get into the app, something new happens. And so it's our take, which we think is a modern mobile sort of take on what a loyalty program is. It also doesn't, um, you know, shackle you to one particular brand. Right. Um, so you can use it freely across the app to book on all kinds of extraordinary properties. I love it. That's very creative. And as you say, it's not your, you know, your, your parents' uh, loyalty program because you don't have a frequent stayer program. But you do allow people to... Um, to get a deeper discount because of what it is, uh, how frequently they've been using your site. So I think that's uh, fantastic. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much for joining us, and good luck as you go forward with it. It sounds uh, like a, uh, a very compelling business. So uh, yeah, good luck, you. and I'm sure you will be very successful. 
I really appreciate you having me today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're going to need to take a short break, but please do stay with us. When we get back, we will be taking your calls on anything related to marketing, branding, metrics, or any of your reaction to the particular uh, interview that we just did uh, with Hotel Tonight. If you want to uh, join the conversation when we come back, you can give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. You can send us an email at businessradio at SiriusXM.com. This is Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on SiriusXM 111. 